The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the fan-sided network and finfanatic.com. I'm Brian Kat, NFL on Twitter. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. We are looking at the Dolphins 53-man roster. We had our roster locks this past week. But now we're actually having a dueling 53-man roster discussion going on here today. And I see a lot of 53-man roster projections for the Dolphins as OTAs start for the Dolphins. So I'm sure a lot of the people listening here tonight, and thank you for joining us here in our chat, uh, have that same opinion. So, Paul, before we get to that, though, um, OTAs did kick off this week. And really the big news, aside from Tua, was Connor Williams, who has played, he played at left tackle uh, at the University of Texas, went to the Cowboys, played at left guard, did a serviceable job. Yes, had a lot of penalties last year, but was overall a really good player. And now it looks like he's going to be the starting center for the Dolphins this year. What was your initial reaction to that? I think he's going to be in the battle for the starting center. I think he still may end up at left guard. Um, I think it's very much a situation of he and Dieter are going to fight it out because right now Dieter has no one to fight it out with on the roster. And it sounds like J.C. Treader is still sticking to his guns and he wants a fully guaranteed contract to set the standard for all the other people out there uh, because NFL players should have fully guaranteed contracts. Uh, and that's if you want more on that, just go to J.C. Treader's um, Twitter account. He's got the link to the story he wrote about it and the big thing about it and all that other stuff, which is uh, utterly ridiculous for a center to take a stand on getting guaranteed money for like five years. But see, I think JC Treader is smart. I, I think he's saying that, look, I just don't like training camp. So I'm just going to come in here in the last couple of weeks. I'm going to get eight or $9 million a year from a team. And uh, I, I, I don't have to do all those uh, sprints throughout the I, I think he's the head of a players union that that's that's trying to take a stand and, and get something to leave his mark, and it's going to blow up in his face. Possibly, I, I don't see J.C. Treader being a, a part of the Dolphins, and but as far as Connor Williams is concerned, I think this is legitimate, and all reports indicate that it is legitimate that he's going to be looking at the center spot, and it makes a lot of sense because. Well, I'll take a step back. Initially, I thought the best road to get the Dolphins starting five out on the field was Connor Williams at left guard and Michael Dieter at center. But if the difference with Mike McDaniel is that given the success that he had with the interior offensive line in San Francisco, with Mike Person, with Dan Brunskill, with Brandon Fusco, with a bunch of these nobodies, 
is that he has earned the right to say, okay, I'm qualified to get the right person in the right spot on this offensive line. So if Brian Flores made a move like this last year, then I'd be thinking, okay, I'm not quite sure this guy knows what he's doing because they have always failed with the offensive line. But McDaniel hasn't, and that's the difference. Well, I mean, whichever offensive lineman managed to walk in a straight line uh, down the hallway, single file, uh, probably got the starting knot under the Flores era, judging by Albert Wilson. Yeah, Albert Wilson did say that. uh, There was a single file line. (laughs) What a weird, like, that might just be the weirdest thing I've ever heard a player say a coach made them do as far as an NFL coach. Then again, Um, he also defended Adam Gase. The line uh, coach. I'm not sure. I'm not sure uh, I could trust Albert Wilson's judgment on anything. And he also actually signed with the Minnesota Vikings here. So good for him. You know, he's made a, a really good career for himself here. I'd argue he's never been a really good player, but good luck to him. Um, and then also there is the conversation about Tua Tungavailoa. And out of all of the podcasts on the internet, we probably talk about Tua the least. Because everything else has been said already, and it's going to be proven in the next seven or eight months. But, you know, there are reports coming out of camp that he completed a lot of very impressive uh, deep balls here in OTAs. But what I like the most, Paul, is that he came with an attitude. He came with a bite. And typically, I don't really care about that. But what do you have to lose? And as I tweeted out earlier here this week, if Tua sucks this year or sucks the next two years, he's gone, whether he talks crap or not. So you might as well bring that attitude. And then on the other hand, if he doesn't talk crap and he, he's classy and he, he gives the proverbial line to the media and he sucks, he's out anyway. So you might as well go down swinging and go down with an attitude. Well, the, the nice thing for me is it, it really felt like Tua coming out with that attitude kind of felt like the Dolphins are starting to take that it's us against the world mentality and and it puts him square in the crosshairs as the ringleader of us as far as us against the world Um, no there's a lot of stuff that I really like that I'm seeing from players hearing from players Um, Xavier Howard coming out full heart full and wholeheartedly throwing his support behind Josh Boyer. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of different little things to unpack, and most of them are in the media sessions. I mean, yeah, two, two or three, some bombs. He underthrew one ball, whatever. He had one bad day, and he rebounded. Um, you know, depending on which reporter you look at, depends on how good he was that day or, you know, whether the, it was a 55-yard completion to the five and then a touchdown or a 61-yard touchdown, like, there's a whole lot of goofy stuff you'll get from some of the reporters, but in all honesty, he looked he he looked good this week, and so did the other two quarterbacks. One guy who didn't think Tua looked good was former special teams coordinator Mike Westoff, and I'll tell you what, this guy has been a stumbling old granny around the Dolphins organization, talking crap about everybody for the. <laughs> For the last 25 years, ever since he was fired, I don't fired care what our Dave special Wanstead. team's ex girlfriend had to say. Yeah, I mean, ever since he was fired by Dave Wanstead for John Armstrong, which was actually an upgrade, this guy has been just, I, it, he is like, 
your Aunt Dora being invited to Thanksgiving dinner and complaining about the tea the entire time. That's who he is. Has this guy done anything the last 25 years? Why was he even allowed in the building? And then why is he going on podcasts, went on a dolphinstalk.com and uh, was saying that this was not an NFL caliber offense? This is a special teams guy who was fired 25 years ago. He's a loser. This this is why this is why I listen to so few of our oh, oh, well one of the reasons why I listen to so few podcasts. Just, why would you have Mike Westhoff on at this point? Like, and, and let alone to listen to that's that's just hunting hunting for clicks. I mean, good lord! Like I've seen all kinds of weird nonsense from stuff about whether or not front the front office owes the fans an apology. They don't like look at the product they put out there right now. Like it, it, every step along the way has led us to this point. A yes, sing, it has a single different step. And we wouldn't be where we are today, which is sitting pretty looking good. And Jesus, you look at our draft capital for next year or two on top of what we've got right now. <sighs> and that's the point. You hit the nail on the head. There is that. If you're Tua, why don't you go out there and talk crap and try to back it up? Because if not, and you fail this year, you're going to be replaced. And the Dolphins, and you, you look at them in their front office, hey, we've got five picks in the first three rounds next year. We're able to replace the quarterback if it comes to that. But if Tua goes out there and he takes that next step up and he's never been surrounded by more talent than he is now, now you can take those picks and further surround Tua with more talent. So it's it's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. Speaking of talent, should we dive into our 53-man? Yes, we should. Let's get into it. So uh, let's let's start at the quarterback position. Uh, I have Tua getting cut. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so <laughs> Tua and Teddy Bridgewater make the team. And then the third quarterback... I went back and forth between Skylar Thompson off the roster and on the roster. And I went, he was, when I, when I made this 53 man roster prediction, it was between him and John Jenkins. And I ended up putting Skylar Thompson on the team as the third quarterback, even though most teams in the NFL only carry two, but the dolphins drafted him, and I'm rooting for him to be the best, an even better version of Reed Sinet from last year and making the team and then potentially being the Dolphins backup quarterback here next year and into the foreseeable future. So I'm rooting for Skylar Thompson. I thought I was going to have to fight you on this. I, I, I really did. I, I, I was prepared to when I made my list, but I think Skylar Thompson is going to show up well enough that the Dolphins have to protect him. There are teams out there in dire needs of a starting quarterback, let alone a backup quarterback. And if if Skyler goes to the practice squad after the preseason, I think he's going to have. I don't think he ends up being with Miami anymore. And they used one of four draft picks to bring him into the building, and he's proven him right against air in the underwear Olympics so far. And and so I think he he's going to earn that third quarterback spot. And yeah, no, I'm with you on that. How about running back? I mean, Chase Edmonds and Alec Ingold we had as the locks at the running back spot in our segment last week. 
who did you end up having at running back and fullback making the team? I mean, I, I kept one fullback, and that's Ingold's, like, no brainer. At running back, I, you're going to yell at me because I went a little cheesy, and I'll, ch- I'll change it if you want me to. I, I think Mostert's going to end up starting the year on PUP. Uh, I, I just, it's, we've seen A, a lot of injuries from him in the past and B Miami likes to stash a few guys on PUP that they can get away with it with. And most are a prime candidate. So with that being the case, I kept chase Edmonds. Obviously I kept miles Gaskin. I kept Sony Michelle and my guy, I think is going to take over the starting role for 2023. Zaquandre white. Okay. Now that's totally fine because I mean, Mostert, if he's either he goes on PUP or probably gets cut. Yep. Even though he gets, you know, guaranteed, he's guaranteed $1 million. But yeah, I mean, I, I went back and forth on Mostert a little bit because he, he's 30 years old, coming off an injury, and he either has elite speed or he doesn't. So um, you've got Chase Edmonds, you've got Zaquandre White, you've got Elkin Gold, and. You have Sony Michelle too. I have Sony Michelle. Um, and one thing I'll, I want to add about Zaquandre White is because of the fact that he played a lot of linebacker uh, his first couple of years of college, uh, even in, a, in in a pinch after he switched over to running back. Uh, he's somebody I think that could have some special teams value as well. So not only would he probably be the fourth running back at, to start with this year, you may see him active on game days over over a few people ahead of him on the depth chart. That, that could be the case. Uh, yeah. Wide receiver. I went with five guys. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson are locks, obviously. And then uh, Eric Izukama, um as the, the fourth receiver. And Lynn Bowden. Uh, Lynn Bowden has been impressive so far in OTAs. And as far as physical skills, makes a lot of sense. Uh, a lot of people that I've seen... Uh, projecting Dolphins 53-man rosters have Trent Shurfield or Preston Williams or somebody else as the sixth receiver. But I I went with just five and partially because the Dolphins have a lot of options here at fullback and tight end. Yeah, no, I went with five as well. This this is, I don't know if we can even call it dueling at this point. <laughs> I went with Hill, Waddle, Wilson, Ezukanma, and Everybody listening that's listened to us for a few shows or more knows, uh, you know, we, we joked about Albert Wilson being hurt a lot, but I don't think he's been hurt more than Preston Williams has. And Preston Williams has a boatload of talent, but I think that comes to a head with the talent that we have now and, and, and what we've seen of the work that Bowden's put in this offseason, the praise he's gotten from the coaching staff and the things he's done at practice at OTA so far. He's made a few diving catches to bail out all three quarterbacks. So as far as that goes, uh, Preston Williams is out. Lynn Bowden's in. Yeah, and so far, you and I have a quarterback, running back, wide receiver. We have all of the same, except uh, at running back, I've got Raheem Mostert, and you have uh, Z- uh, Zaquandre Wright. So, that's the only difference here so far. Um, and uh, to recap, at running back, I've got Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, and Alec Ingold. 
tight end, you know, this is a position that we've been talking about. Yes, <laughs> it seems to have seven or eight tight ends every single year. Uh, and right now on the roster, you've got five tight ends who are certainly rosterable anywhere in the NFL. And I've got three of them making the roster, Mike Kosicki, Durham Smythe, and Hunter Long. I, I don't see them giving up on Hunter Long at this point so far. I have them cutting both tight ends, Adam Shaheen and, uh, and Seathan Carter. So I've only got them going with three tight ends. Did you do that too, or did you uh, go with the fourth guy? Uh, I'm just going to say ditto on this one. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> well, it's, we've agreed to a lot of this to this point. And we don't talk about this off the air. That's something our listeners have to know. We don't talk about this off the air. So we try to keep it live as far as that's concerned. Um, so we've only got one disagreement so far, but this is where it starts to get interesting. And because the roster is a lot more talented than over the last couple of years, we may not have a lot of it or as many disagreements as we've had over the last couple of years. But I think we're going to start to see that change just a little bit here. So, well, and, and, and where I'm surprised here is because, like, over the past few years, it's been because once you get past the first 20 guys, the dog fights were for, you know, actually guys that were kind of floating around the edges to make a roster somewhere. And right now, you know, we've already brought up cutting guys that, that could start around the NFL. Um, you know, for me, I've got Mostert on PUP, but like you said, he could easily end up being cut as well. Uh, and, and he could catch on somewhere and start and start effectively. The fact that we've got Shaheen, uh, he could start somewhere. Seathan Carter, he could be a top backup somewhere. And, and Miles Gaskin, Savan Ahmed. I mean, Preston these are Williams. guys who have, who've been playing, if, if you take a look at the amount of snaps these guys have played the last two years, they're definitely going to catch on somewhere. And I've, I've said before that if I were a GM, I would never own a seventh-round pick because I would always be trading them for players that are about to get cut. I mean, if you're you know, a GM for another team and you need a good second or third running back, you're not going to trade a seventh-rounder for Miles Gaskin? You know, somebody who is good in the passing game and has had, you know, almost 2,000 total yards over the last two years and, you know, 17 touchdowns. I mean, you'd be crazy not to. No, and that's why I've got, you know, if if Mostert doesn't start on PUP, for me, if if, if Mostert makes my roster, I would have taken Sony Michelle off uh, of the other three. Like, it, it's, I I do think, we're going to see some wheeling and dealing as training as August rolls around to move some of these guys like a Shaheen, uh, like a Preston Williams, if he can for a seventh rounder, uh, like, yep. like one of the running backs. Um, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. And um, white, I think uh, if, if he doesn't make the final roster, just like a lot of these undrafted free agents is a shoe in for the practice squad with how many guys the NFL, you know, with, with how many, you know, players you're allowed to keep on an NFL roster this year. So offensive line, there, there are six locks that we had last week. Uh, Teron Armstead, Connor Williams, 
Michael Dieter, Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson, Liam Eichenberg. You had Robert Jones as a lock. I was very close to getting to that point too. So, and I definitely had him on my roster as well. Um, so we've got those seven guys firmly in place. After that, there's a debate about, would you keep eight offensive linemen? Do you keep nine? Do you keep 10? So after our top seven guys, who else did you keep? So obviously I kept Robert Jones and I kept nine total. I kept L- Larnell Coleman and I kept Kellen Deesh and said farewell to Solomon Kinley, which, which hurt me a little bit. Wow. I thought Kinley was somebody I'd have to fight you about. So that's a, uh, he's not a good fit in this game, uh, but he does look like he's in better shape. And I think in a power type of scheme, he's going to get a chance somewhere, somewhere else. Uh, I also kept as my eighth guy, Kellen Deesh. And when you, when you look at what the dolphins offered him, I mean, when you give somebody $140,000 in guaranteed money as an undrafted free agent, absolutely. He's somebody that you think highly of. And in addition to that, kept another undrafted free agent and that's uh blaze Andres from Minnesota. Um, and he's somebody too, that not only can play has played left tackle and right tackle. He's also, uh, played left guard and right guard too. And in terms of guaranteed money, they dolphins also gave him almost $60,000 too. Though, so it showed the commitment that they were making toward him. So the versatility and the guaranteed money, and I'm really surprised he wasn't drafted as somebody who's at six, six, 310 pounds, ran a, you know, five, one good athlete, not the most powerful guy, but somebody who's really versatile as well. So, and I, I think you just hit the nail on the head and, and that's part of why Kinley goes out the door for me, unfortunately, is if you don't, Kinley basically needs to win a starting job or he's gone. Yep. Uh, it's keeping nine linemen, having five starters, you need the folks behind them to be versatile, be able to play multiple positions and playing left guard or right guard, isn't it? <laughs> you know, right. it, it, and, and that's where almost everybody else along there can play multiple positions. And if you play only one, I hate to sound elitist with this, but if you can only play one, it better be center or it better be tackle because it's a lot easier to kick a tackle in a guard than it is to kick a guard out to tackle. If that makes, makes any kind of sense to our listeners, um, even some of our starters have positional flexibility. And if you're purely a guard, you can't, you can't miss as often as Sal McKinley does. And when you take a look at that, you know, staple uh, toss play or stretch run that Mike McDaniel did often at San Francisco, I mean, how does Kinley get out there? How how does he have the maneuverability and the athleticism to get out there? I just don't think he does. And that's where I hope the new in shape Kinley is, is able to do some of those things that we wish to see. We we'd love to see from him. And and we know McDaniels would love to see because if, if, if the reports of him being in in shape now are true, that could be interesting. Yeah. He could certainly make, he definitely has a chance to make the roster. Well, hopefully the people that are photographing, 
I mean, at center, one of the guard spots is going to be wide open. Yeah, and, I mean, there, there's not a lot. If you're talking about the as, as far as depth, probably the thinnest position on the team, Paul, it's probably guard. It's probably backup guard right now. I mean, and, uh, you know, you look at some guys out there in the market like Ode Abushi, who hasn't been signed yet. If you're looking for somebody serviceable, maybe he makes some sense. But Kinley certainly has an opportunity. Um, but if he doesn't make the roster, he's probably going to get more of a chance with a team, probably like the Patriots, that employ more of like a um, a man a running type scheme. of scheme. Yeah, it's, somebody who's a mauler. Yeah, I mean, and but, here, here's the thing I'd say though too, and and don't get me wrong, Mike McDaniel's does have the right, as you pointed out before, to. I don't care who he puts on the offensive line. If 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 he tells me that they can run his scheme, I'm gonna believe him until he shows me they can't or they show me he, they can't. Um, I will say, based on going back and watching tape of last year, I'm not enamored with the thought of Austin Jackson starting guard. Uh, there were way too many times where I watched him athletically <laughs> miss, watch a play give up on a play just kind of go whoops or look lost and clueless out there which yes mcdaniel's staff is full of teachers but there were certain heart and effort moments because like i'll take a guy that when he doesn't understand what he's doing at least does something like, I, so let, I let, let me ask you this. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. And l- let me ask you this, if we can park there. I know we're talking about the 53-man roster, but there's been little to no talk about Robert Hunt kicking out to right tackle. That's always an option, but that's not mm-hmm. being talked about yet. So let's let's say that things stay the status quo. Tron Armstead at left tackle, yep. Connor Williams at center, Robert Hunt at right guard. Who do you see starting week one for the Dolphins at left t- at left guard and right tackle, if you had to at, guess right now? At right tackle, I'd say Eichenberg. Um, with a, believe it or not, an outside shot to Coleman if he's filled out his frame, which I haven't seen or heard yet. Um, at guard, probably Austin Jackson, although I'd prefer Robert Jones. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's questionable right now. I, if, if, if I were to guess, I would say Liam Eikenberg at left guard and Austin Jackson at right tackle because Jackson still has the athleticism. He has played right tackle in the past. And it allows you also to have Michael Dieter backing up all three interior line positions. Um, I, so, But, but my, my preference is always to have, in your preference too, to have Robert Hunt playing the right tackle and Teron Armstead at left tackle and then taking the rest of those resources and putting those in the middle of the offensive line along with Connor Williams. That's what we've always talked about. But um, And and I I know we're not talking about a Mahler scheme, but at the same time, I would love love Kinley Moore playing between Connor Williams and Robert Hunt at right guard. Because the best Kinley was when he was competing with with Robert Hunt for who could beat the living hell out of somebody the most and the quickest. The and best. having Connor Williams nasty ass next to him, let's go. No, 
No, I can't. You can't can you it. can know all you want, but I, I'm telling you that would the be the best. Solomon McKinley, Solomon McKinley was the best when Ponderosa was still around. I mean, he's no, can't do it. He's too young for Pondy, man. Not not from not from when I saw Georgia when he was 19 and God, just massive. Uh, anyway, uh. I, I think Kinley gets cut. You have him getting cut. I have him getting cut. Let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. And on the front seven, we always talk about how it's a little bit blurred between the lines. So we're going to start out with the edge position here. I've got Emmanuel Agba, Jalen Phillips, Melvin Ingram, Andrew Van Gakel is iffy between edge and linebacker, but I've got him as an edge guy. And Cameron Good as well, the Dolphins' seventh-round pick. I don't know whether whether to put him as an edge or or an off ball linebacker, but I'm going to put him as as an edge guy. Who do you have? I've got those five, and I threw Duke Riley in as an edge guy as well. All right, see, I've got him as an off ball linebacker. So let's piggyback that with the linebackers. So um, I've got a linebacker Jerome Baker, Landon Roberts, Duke Riley, and Channing Tindall, as well as obviously Good, who's also an edge guy. I've got Baker, Tyndall, Roberts, and Egwabon. I've got I've got Egwabon making the roster. You can't get the last touchdown of the season and not make my roster here. You know what? I stand corrected. I've got Egwabon too. This is where it gets confusing a little bit, but uh, yeah, no. And, and Egwabon as well is is somebody who I think has the versatility not only to play special teams, but he can play middle linebacker. He can play outside linebacker as well in this type of of scheme that uh, Boyer implements. I mean, because after he, after Brennan Scarlett went down, those reps on special teams and uh, on the outside had to be replicated. Egwavon helped out with that. And I think he really does the same this year too. So um, interior defensive line here, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, Zach Sealer, Adam Butler, I did have Butler making the team, even though the Dolphins could cut him and uh, save $4.1 million. But in a season like this, where it's so important over the next year or two to be really good on defense, Butler did a lot of damage last year as a, a pass rusher in the fourth quarter. So I, I think he stays on the team. I have Raekwon Davis, Christian Wilkins, Zach, Wilkins, Zach Sealer. And I've got Butler. This is I really thought we we're gonna have differences, more differences on this side. No, of the no, we don't. We don't. But we're getting to defensive back, so we we've only got we've got two differences so far, and we're getting to the to defensive back. Obviously, special teams. Let's just get this out of the way. Sanders, Morstead, Ferguson. Look, don't take away my ability to say Turd Ferguson here. Damn it! I was I was waiting for you to go long snapper. I'm gonna go ah, Turd Turd Ferguson. whatever all right so we've got two differences i've got raheem mostert and blaze andres and you've got zaquandre white and larnell coleman this is a compliment to how hard it is and there's actually have differences out there saying that the gm owes the fans an apology come on defensive back all right um so you want to We've just got say some locks, same, obviously. Should we say it at the same time? Because we might even no, have no, no. I, no, I think we're going to have some differences here. So, cornerback: Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Nick yep. Needham, Noah Igbenogany, and Keon Crossan. 
those are the five guys we certainly have. How about I after that? Cater Kohu and Trill Williams. <sighs> I have Cater Kohu as well. <laughs> the Dol- I, Look, the Dolphins gave him 130000 guaranteed money. He's a good athlete. They obviously think highly of him. I mean, look, they gave. You don't have to sell him to me. I put him on my roster. <laughs> I know. So they gave Robert Jones last year 130000 guaranteed money as an undrafted free agent. They gave Kellen Deesh 140 as an undrafted free agent. They also gave Preston Williams a lot as well. Um, but Code, they gave 130000 So they think highly of him, and they were close to drafting him. But, Paul, we do have a, a difference here. You've got Trill Williams. I think Trill Williams' time has come to an end. And I've got Javaris Davis overcoming the odds and making the team over Trill Williams. That was the guy I had battling Cater Kohu. So you, I, I can't even argue that one. Jesus Christ. We've never been more Look, on the same page with on the fin side listeners. I, I'm going to apologize to you right now because Kat and I just can't even disagree on crap tonight. Like it, it, that's how safe. good of a job like Chris Greer has done here. At safety. Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, Eric Rowe. We both got four of them. We know, and, and you've got McKinley what? on your list. So do I. Do you have Clayton Fedulin? No. Oh, I've got Clayton Fedulin. So, oh, because the stupid, oh, you bastard. Uh, maybe we will fight. <laughs> the only reason I, oh, I don't want him on there, I want nothing to do with the guy, but uh, they, they readjusted his contract to give him a million dollars guaranteed this year. And he's been a staple on special teams here over the last couple of years. So it's not about what I think. It's about what I think is going to happen. Uh, and you've got Veron McKinley. I've got Veron McKinley too. So I know. <laughs> so, I'm, I, I tell you what, Paul, I think you're, I, I, I think you're one short. So you get a free pass here. Ooh. And you can pick one more player because I, 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 and I, I know what happened here is that you had Raheem Mostert on your 53 man roster. And then you put him on PUP at the last second. I don't know. I must, I must have added wrong. Oh, I get a free player. Oh, um, I can barely count from one to 10, but counting from one to 53. I mean, like I could do that half I, drunk in my sleep. I'm going to add another DB because you just can't get enough of them in this offense or defense. And Javaris Davis, come on down. It's the late Fedulin. I was hoping you were going to take somebody else other than him. But uh, anyway, so we agree on 50 of the 53 players on the, on, on this roster. We have three differences. I have Raheem Mostert or, Offensive tackle, undrafted free agent, Blaze Andres and Clayton Fedulum. You've got Zaquandre White, Larnell Coleman, the offensive tackle, and Trill Williams, a cornerback. Man, this, I tell you, we, we might do this show for another 20 years. We're never going to be this close. And we will never be this close. We will never get 50 out of 53. So this was eye opening for me. Um, so, interesting question, though, in the chat. If Skylar Thompson balls out in the preseason, 
would you consider, and I'm going to, I'm paraphrasing and rephrasing the, the question slightly because you can't cut Teddy at this point, but would you consider trading Teddy Bridgewater if Skylar Thompson balls out in the preseason? Uh, for what? Make it up. Um, Cause the trade part I threw in because you can't cut. Yeah. I mean, I, if that scenario were to happen, it would have to be because some other team had a quarterback go down with injury. That would be the only other scenario because or just if, doesn't if, have a quarterback that functions at this point. Well, it, it, but there are a limited amount of those guys. It's like the, the Seahawks and the Panthers are the Panthers, only two teams. If Kenny Pickett shows up and plays like Kenny Pickett Steelers, um, I wouldn't trade him to the Jets. I think they're going to have to give Zach Wilson a couple years, even though it's going to hurt. Yeah, but let's let's stay with the, let's stay with the Steelers, though. I mean, two two questions exist. There is that uh, it, it, as far as Mitchell, it, let's say Mitch Trubisky. I mean, is Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett isn't ready? Like, are, what are the Steelers going to offer the Dolphins that makes any sense are you really after this going to trade Teddy Bridgewater for a I don't know fourth round pick that wouldn't make any sense so I I, what I'm saying is that if a team if a team that is ready for the Super Bowl let's say for example the Browns that if if they have a Teddy Bridgewater quarterback and there's something you know Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the season they're not happy with Jacoby Brissett and they try to fling the Dolphins a second or third round, third round pick for Teddy Bridgewater, then it would make sense. But otherwise, nothing would. Oh, yeah, the Bears are maybe they've they, the Bears no. no Seattle might. But it's, it are you going to give the Dolphins a second or third round pick for Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke and Geno Smith? I mean, you're just throwing another problem onto the table as far as I'm concerned. I don't it's a it's, good question. It really is a good question. Uh, and, and and honestly when you when you say it out loud, if I were a Steelers fan or a Seahawks fan and you told me that you called the Dolphins, asked about Teddy Bridgewater because Skylar Thompson balled out in the preseason and you tried to stand your ground using the words We've got Drew Locke and and Geno Geno Smith, so we're not going to go too high on the bidding here, and refuse to part with a third rounder for him. I I think the Seahawks fans might riot. What would the Seahawks have to gain, though? I mean, a quarterback. Yeah, but for 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 what for what reason, though? I mean, there, this is a completely lost Winning. season. <laughs> winning what? They're not going to win if you trade. If you it's trade, the NFC, dude, the wild card you, is the most achievable thing in the world in the NFC. Dude, the Seahawks have zero chance to win five games. Zero chance with Teddy Bridgewater or without Teddy Bridgewater. Like, with Teddy Bridgewater, the Seahawks would win seven or eight games, which might get you a wild card in the NFC this year. They are. The I. Bad. There is nothing that is going to get the. Seahawks I'm not even saying winning games. record. I'm just saying, like, that's how bad they are. Teddy just needs to drop back and loft it over the top to DK. That's <laughs> like that alone. Can Drew Locke could do the same thing. No, he can't. Yes, he can't. Better. No. He can't. At least is see. At least there's he had the upside. tools in Denver and couldn't do it. At least there's upside 
and with with Drew Locke. And, and I'm not saying that comparing him heads up to Teddy Bridgewater. I would rather have Teddy Bridgewater as the backup quarterback of the Dolphins. That's the point. And no, the Dolphins I, paid him one year, six and a half million dollars. No other team is going to pay Teddy Bridgewater six and a half million dollars and give a second or third round pick. It's not going to happen. But you know what? If if they do, I would if if the seal and, and if the Seahawks are as bad as you like, I like a third round pick even better from them. Because that's yeah. almost a second round pick. I, I I don't think I would in a season like this. Because they the only the if Dolph- Skylar Thompson balls out. He'd really have to ball out and would have to show that he's also mentally capable of handling the NFL game as a set late seventh round rookie. But and Jesus I didn't Christ. see enough of that at Kansas State. But just, I'm just just thinking out loud here though, too. Seahawks. Like I need to look at the depth charts because the Seahawks, the Steelers, the Panthers, that's a whole lot of hot garbage quarterbacks across those three rosters right now. It, it is, but there's no but. The Steelers, the Steelers drafted a quarterback in the first round. They're going to throw him into the fire and start him just like the Bears did with Justin Fields last year. Just like every you know four out of the uh, out of the five teams teams that drafted quarterbacks in the first round. So no, the, the short answer is don't hold your breath on that. Teddy Bridgewater, I actually liked the signing after the Dolphins actually built a really well-rounded football team this year. So perfect, Hugh. Um, I'm so, just going to say, would you, for third round or higher, I would. <laughs> second rounder, I would say. I mean, otherwise it wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't make any sense. I mean, Seahawks second rounder would almost be a first rounder. That'd be great. Like how, how, I, it doesn't make any sense to sign Teddy Bridgewater six and a half million, gar- fully guaranteed, and then turn around and say, "Yeah, you know," but I'd, I'd flip him for like a fifth rounder or something like that. Oh no, fifth rounder, hell no. Fourth All rounder, right. nope. All right, fourth rounder, no. Third, so third rounder seems to be our break, our breaking point here. We're yeah, okay. Second rounder, I would do. Third rounder, you would do. That's that's the end of it. So good question, perfect Q. Good. Question. It, it was it was a really good question. What else? What else? That was the longest debate we've had in in a long time. And pompous, we did read the Westhoff thing. We actually talked about it at the top of the show. It, it, Mike Westhoff can. Mike Westhoff looks like he's been smoking camel cigarettes for the last fifteen years. <laughs> anyway, Mike Westhoff, like, just go watch Deadpool. Watch the debate about it when. He first takes his mask off in front of his buddy. That, that's Mike Westhoff. But I don't even know what that means. But it oh, sounds funny. It, it's it, you would love it. There's, there's a part about avocados and other avocados. Is that a superhero movie? Uh it's it's like a super anti-hero movie. You you would actually probably like that one, even if you don't like superhero movies. Dude, I am so I've watched so little anything. I'm 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 just in the way when it comes to social references. Uh, you um, you need to watch anyway. You need to watch at least the first Deadpool. Oh yeah, God, lot. Giants. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, Grandy, you're right. <laughs> well, thank you for ever everyone for joining us here tonight. Uh, we really had a good time with this. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as finfanatic.com and the Fan Sided Network. I'm Brian Cat NFL on Twitter. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. And if it's not in the right right side and it's not on the left side it is on the fin side
All right, good shit. I'm gonna go. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.